1: To get started, visit plushcare.com weight loss. That's plushcare.com weight loss.
0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long.
2: It's Cormac and Sersha here on Room 104 with Play Blue. Uh, visit our flagships, flagship store in town or get free delivery at playblue.ie. Thank you to everyone who messaged in. Hey, I passed my driving test first time in my Fiat Sevento in 2004. My sister was with me that day and she nearly died when my test instructor came out to me. He failed her a couple of years before. Oh, no, sister rivalry and you passed. Oh,
1: that's not good. Now, in saying that, I'm not going to lie, right? I think pre-2010, it was much easier.
2: Ah, would you stop? It
1: was, though. It just was. I did mine, I think, first time probably around two thousand. Well, probably
2: 1984, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) No, I am only 31. But it was kind of an ongoing thing. And then it just got harder. I mean, I was making far less mistakes, but they were still failing me.
2: Oh, I don't know about that. You must have been making a significant amount anyway in the first place, Saoirse.
1: I wasn't. Actually, in fairness, when I did pass in the end, he said, don't get too excited. He was like, you barely passed.
2: (laughs) Don't get too excited. It's the exact same. Barely passing and passing are the exact same. I
1: asked him for a hug, though.
2: And what did he say? Don't touch me.
1: I was like, yeah, I I just said, can I I give you a hug? And I started crying. And he said, I just wouldn't get too excited. You have a lot of work to do. He's like, you (laughs) you barely passed. (laughs) And then I crashed into a wall when I left.
2: Yeah, there you go. Katrina, thanks for that. And congrats. Welcome to the First Timers Club. Uh, Joining you in there as well. Look at this. Hey, guys, I passed my first time. Hi, guys. I passed the first time six months after turning 17.
1: Oh, that makes me sick,
2: Lorraine. See, people go you. like
1: that get too confident. Then I think they should be all failed first time.
2: Why? Because they're good.
1: Yeah, if I think if you're good or, like or not, like you should just Ronaldo or Messi
2: just... and saying, "Oh, you're too good. I'm not going to pick you for the team." This doesn't make any sense, does
1: it? You you don't want to keep praising Ronaldo and Messi and tell them how great they are because then they might get a bit sloppy.
2: So no, maybe if gonna... if you fail them, their egos will be overinflated.
1: Yeah, their egos. So imagine driving, them, they think they're great.
2: Oh, they and do, yeah, they end their, their causing egos would be huge. But they're still performing on the pitch, you know, that, that kind of, you need that mindset.
1: I don't know if it's the same kind of goes for driving, you know. Careless driving, you, you decide, oh, do you know what, I'm going to turn the music up really loud now, and then you forget that you're actually going over the speed limit. Yeah, yeah. But you don't care because you eyes. feel like you've just, yeah, you've just uh, yeah. passed your test first time after six months. No. I'm completely I- jealous, but I don't agree with that.
2: Uh, Look at this as well. Look, I passed first time, only six months driving. And that comes in.
1: Ah, stop it. From
2: another Keith. Keith, what a legend. (sighs) Thanks for it. So you're only six months driving and then you pass first time. Or you're only six months since you passed. They got so many people. Because
1: do you know what? You know the the way obviously. Back in the day, you didn't have to do 12 lessons or whatever it was. I think it's actually gone up now, so 14 lessons. You didn't you just have to have do
2: that. To have, you just had to have 20 rows with your mother or your father and almost destroy your family. And yeah. then you went to do your test.
1: I did about 24 lessons. Didn't have to do any of them, but I just was trying to not fail. Yeah. And then someone rocks up after six months of driving, after first yeah, getting in a car.
2: And Lorraine, the legends that they are, they're all in the first-timers club now. There's a secret secret knock for a secret club in town. That's, I'll tell you about it later. Can't tell I just don't have
1: the spatial awareness. That's where I fall.
2: Just because you can't really see over the steering wheel, can you? Like, legally, should no. you be allowed to drive?
1: I should probably have a booster seat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's why she wears the big platform boots, so she can reach <laughs> the pedals.
1: <laughs> it is, I swear to God. Yeah. Sure, if I sit on a couch, my, my legs are dangling. Yeah. I could break my neck if I fell off a couch.
2: You could. Um Rob is after sending us in a message. Thank you, Rob. A link to an Echo Live article. Corkman fails his driving test for a 15th time. Oh. Says he feels blacklisted. Now, Rob, that you've sent that in to me. I do remember that. That was from last year the year before, I think, was it? I, I think you after, this, yeah?
1: after you, you fail, I think, three times, you start to get very angry and you go online and you try and find other people who have failed and then you start thinking that it's a scam and you get into all these, you know, messages back and forth. Oh, I signed up to all these groups. Convinced it was a scam.
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh, you're going down the conspiracy theory hole. I did? uh, They're just trying to screw you out of your money.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what I did um, because I told them that, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a great driver. The third time that I did my test, I even borrowed a baby seat to put in the back to say that, you know, I had to bring my child to creche. Um, <laughs> so hoping I passed and they just looked at me like I turned heads. That was like the fell, worst so.
2: idea ever. They'd be like, why are we going to let you out on the road if you have a young child that you're meant to be keeping because alive? That I probably made you more was, likely to fail you.
1: I was a single mother and I had to get my baby to creche.
2: But they were like, we can't have this woman killing a baby in a car crash. Fail her.
1: I wasn't bad. Like, that time I passed, or sorry, that time you I crashed failed, I on actually... on the way
2: out of the test centre no, after passing. No, that was,
1: that was when I passed. But the time That's before I mean. that was actually decent. I was decent. I thought I'd passed. He was really nice. Asked him what my plans were for the weekend. We were having the chats. Then he comes in and tells me, it's bad news. Don't do that to me. I had a baby to bring to crash, for God's sake.
0: Look at
2: this. The test was so easy; a blind person would pass it. I, exactly. Oh,
1: stop it. He
2: said, "I passed first time as well." And that's in from uh, sorry, just two kids who have now passed on the first time as well.
1: I don't know what to say. I, I honestly compared it to the leaving cert. I thought it was worse—a worse test. To sit. <laughs> I
2: I almost failed. I only passed the te- theory, the, the, uh, the theory, the theory test, the theory test by by one by one question. I think. If not, got the minimum. So I nearly failed that, which uh, I was kind of breaking it. But
1: Oh, that was easy. Now, as I told you before, for all the tests that I did, I never had to look under the bonnet. So, I mean, I don't have a clue how to even open the bonnet.
2: Oh, dear. Oh, dear.
1: I never had to. I don't know where the, the thing is.
2: Yeah, well, I think uh, Rob sending that article in uh, 15 times, I'm going to presume. Now, unless Rob, that cork man has gone on to do his test again, uh, maybe he's passed or he's just given up. But if if he's done it again and failed again, maybe. But there you go. Offici- the unofficial number of the most amount of times anyone has taken their test in this country seems to be standing at 15. And I wonder, like, do we... Uh, we wouldn't even be able to find out because there'd probably be GDPR issues if you rang up the test centres and kind of go, what's the most amount of times someone has ever taken their... Uh, their theory or their driving test? Because it would be interesting to know, is 15... Uh, topped it out and have many people taken 10? Have many people taken more than 10? Like 10, 11, 12, is that common or is that very, very rare? Do the majority of people get it after at least their second or third go?
1: Um, I would say most people probably get it after their second or third go. But at the same time, right, of all tests you can do, if you're doing an exam, you're in silence and yeah, you can panic during that. But, you know, there are times where you can kind of sit there and go, right, we have to think about this and go over it in your head when you're put under pressure and there's someone silently sitting beside you and you can't prepare for that day you don't know if it's going to be bad traffic you don't know if a cyclist is going to just fly out in front of you some people are nervous anyway so mm-hmm. it's very it is very hard it is a hard thing it really is
2: It's not is it? i
1: don't envy anyone that has to do their test
2: that's kind of it's a bit easy isn't it a bit too easy i say make the test harder
1: well, you should actually do the test again for the people that don't want to do the test.
2: <laughs> Rent us out. We'll change our identities. Yeah. And there you go. We'll put a mask on. It'll be coronavirus. You can't see anyway. It's <laughs> me. Uh, We'll rent that services out. But yeah, there you go. 15 times seems to be the max. If you've done it more than 15 times, you'd probably be a record holder, but let us know. Uh, On the way next, Doom Control, I'll delete a quick roundup of the tech stories from during the week. One of them involving how you can uh, remotely walk a robotic dog over in uh, the United States from the comfort of your own home. And how you can turn weeds into wine and cheese. Always drink and eat your cheese responsibly. Uh, that's on. FM 104's
0: Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long
2: Good evening, it's Cormac and Sircia here on Room 104, now it's time for
0: Room 104's
2: Control-Alt-Delete uh, Speaking of things being deleted you may have seen the whole TikTok TikTok is in a little bit of a, a little spot of bother in that uh, Trump has come out and said he's going to ban it And he has given the company up until the 15th of September to sell to an American company because there's concerns that the Chinese government has access to millions of American users' personal private data and information. So it's a little bit worrying. TikTok has saved, has absolutely saved the lockdown. As much as other platforms are boring, I think TikTok is by far the best crack.
1: Oh, definitely is. I mean, you could sit there all day looking at different TikTok videos, but... Banning it, I don't think they're
2: going to do. Well, I'd say they are. So what happened now is um, uh, Trump has come out and he has said that, one, you need to sell it to an American company. Microsoft are potentially looking at buying the American arm of uh, TikTok. But they said any sale... Uh, needs to cut in the United States Treasury, so he wants like ten or twenty percent commission for forcing the sale of uh, TikTok to an American American company. So again, a lot of TikTok users in the United States a little bit worried that all of their accounts are going to go. Like, there's two. Who are the two biggest TikTokers? Is it Charlie? Addison Ray and Charlie something else have like millions upon millions upon millions of followers. Apparently, some of the top TikTokers like they get like three hundred grand per TikTok video that they do for a sponsored post. So like they're going to lo- lose a lot of money. But anyway, yeah. that's the latest on TikTok. Get on TikTok if you're on it. Let us know. We'll do we'll do a follow for a follow uh, and see what the story is. So uh, it's a bit of crack, but that's obviously the issues it's running into at the moment. And we'll see how that plays out. They have until the fifteenth of December, or September fifteenth of September to sort that out and to try and sell. And we'll see how it happens, though. We'll see what goes on.
1: There'll have to be something to replace it, though. You can't really get rid of one platform and not have another one on the go, ready. Do you know that kind of way? I mean, it's been like that way since Snapchat. They've had Instagram. You've had Facebook originally. You had Twitter. You have to have something else.
2: I know, but this one seemed to be like crack. Mm. A bit of longevity to it. Well, there has to
1: be something else that they can... That's is even there,
2: better, crack. Is there anything better? Someone crack at the will moment? create something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see anyway. So, there's about a billion users on TikTok, and it's been forced into a sale at the moment. So, I imagine a little bit of a nightmare working for that there then. But, sure, uh, we'll keep you posted on how that goes. The second story this evening. Uh, have you seen the terrifying looking uh, robotic dogs that are actually being built by the Boston Dynamics Company? They're the, the, the yellow. They don't have a head, and um, they're about the size of a dog, and they can like run over things and jump over things. Have you seen these videos online of the
1: yes, they're the robotic absolutely dogs? terrifying.
2: They look like something exactly out of Black Mirror. Well, you are going to be able to apply to use one of these robotic dogs remotely from the comfort of your own home so what they've done is boston dynamics is is giving a few people the opportunity to from from home to basically remotely dial into this robotic dog and using a playstation controller you can walk around different parts of san francisco using the controller and have a live feed from the camera from the dog and just have a little tour of air and control the robot while it's strolling around san francisco
1: it's weird though, isn't it? I mean, it is cool and it's intriguing, and I definitely do it. But it's strange that you're sitting at home and you're able to control this robot dog.
2: It's terrifying. It's you're taking this dog for a walk with your laptop and a PlayStation controller, and it looks, I, I, they look terrifying. It's like what's going on, but um, it might be a bit of crack. If, you know, I'd
1: you say sit serious there money is
2: it. The if you want to buy one of these and you know keep it for yourself, they're about seventy five thousand dollars to buy this robotic dog Spot. From Boston Dynamics, uh, but you to to apply to, to just take it for a little test run for the crack. Uh, it, it you know won't cost you, and it's a bit of a lottery though. So you can go on to uh, formant.io, and there's a tab there called Walk with Spot, and you can apply. And you might be able to from Dublin, from the comfort of your own home, you might be able to log into the dog and take it for a live little walk using a controller in San Francisco. They just look, they just look ter- terrifying.
1: Yeah, that is pretty terrifying.
2: Yeah. But there you go. If you're interested in robotic dogs, more robotic stories, this is terrifying. Did you ever watch the, the Power Rangers? I love Power Rangers, yeah. Remember, every episode, always at the end, to defeat the big, terrible-looking monster thing, all the Power Ranger things combine together to make the big, huge thing. Yeah. Big, huge robot. Well, uh, engineers over in Japan are actually building a 60-foot humanoid robot that will be able to walk 60 foot, huge thing. And they've taken it for its first test, um, test walks. It has no head at the moment, but it looks exactly like, no, I should just say exactly like the Power Rangers one. Uh, It's apparently modeled on the sci-fi franchise Gundam, Gundam, Gundam. Gundam? I don't know it. If you know it, maybe I've never heard of it, but it does look very uh, Japanese anime kind of uh, Power Ranger type machine that they're building, but it is huge and there's going to be a 60-foot huge robot strolling around Japan um, in a few months' time when they have actually completed it.
1: But what's the purpose of this robot?
2: Oh, no no idea. It was meant to go on display as like an exercise. they, they just build it, and it would go on display showing the advancements in robotics and what they could do. Um, it slowed down their production because of the the pandemic. It's going to have hands with fingers and a head and it's going to weigh about 25 tonnes. Uh, and it doesn't really... They just wanted to see how they could uh, how they could build this and how big they could build it.
1: Imagine it got out of control and then it just started stomping on everyone. <laughs>
2: Smashing buildings up. it killed and go, Here by we go, a robot.
1: Yeah? It would literally be like watching a sci-fi film and living through it. it.
2: Yeah, that's exactly... Uh, what what it is so it's a samurai the samurai inspired Mecha Mecha robot seventy 782 Gundam it's a replica of a huge actual um, samurai inspired kind of character um, weird it's going to be capable of walking as well so listen that's on the way as well it's just going to be absolutely terrifying also New Hampshire has passed a law that will finally allow flying cars I
1: would be terrified to be in a fl- flying I car. Would, I knew this yeah. was coming. I knew it was on the cards. But in my lifetime, I never want to step foot into a car that can go in the air. I'm terrified of flying anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, now the good thing is, okay, it turns out that it, it, up until this point, there's one or two companies already working on flying cars and flying taxis and flying little automated helicopter taxi things that'll be able to, well, potentially go on normal roads but uh, the way new hampshire's law was working at the moment was that technically flying cars weren't even allowed drive on the roads over new hampshire so they had to create a law that said if and when the flying cars become a reality they will be allowed drive on the roads it doesn't say they'll be allowed fly on the roads but there was a legal loophole but they've definitely passed it but at the moment there are no flying cars available for you to buy just yet so you can relax a little bit
1: okay I mean, it makes sense and it's a but good idea the and there'll be no such thing as traffic. be all up in the air. But it's not something I want to test drive or test fly.
2: I, I, I don't know if I'd like... I mean, it's just your I think crashes are going to be way worse, but crashes are going to be way worse. You can't have a little bump. Like, if you have a little bump with someone, a fender bender, like 200 foot up in the air, that's, that's not going to work out too well for anyone.
1: No, and imagine a car flying down and hitting you on the head.
2: Oh, there you go, Yep, That too. Um, They could work on teleportation so you wouldn't have to ever travel anywhere. You could just kind of magic your way to the other side of the world. That'd be nice.
1: Do you know what they should get? What are those things called um, that, you know, when you're going skiing, they have them? Like a ski lift type thing. Those... uh, You know the things things that are on a rail thing in the sky? Yeah, like a table. Yeah, one of them. For what? forgetting around the forgetting around the place forget about the flying car something that's kind of sturdy that's not going to fall like a, off like a,
2: like a monorail
1: kind of like a monorail yeah why can't we get a monorail
2: we have a monorail it's still loose
1: no but up in the air <laughs> out of the way I don't know
2: Get on to the Uh, Minister for Transport there and say you want the Lewis up in the air, please. Thank you very much.
1: Stick it in the air there and uh, (laughs)
2: it won't be affecting the roads.
1: People Mm. won't give out about driving through town then because they'll be able to
2: Mm.
1: have everything up in the air. and be great.
2: There we go. Transport sorted here on Room 104 tonight. Happy days. Uh, Final story this evening. Uh, Scientists have made wine and cheese using an annoying weed. Now, no, I don't
1: never... understand this
2: at all. I love uh, wine. I love cheese, but. Turns out that there is a certain thing in a certain flower called the Biden's Pelosa. Now, I don't know my flowers at all. Uh, I've never heard of this either. A hairy. The hairy beggar ticks. This plant is known as a hairy beggar ticks, which sounds like a very insulting phrase that will probably be cancelled in a while. You can't say that. You can't call <laughs> someone a hairy beggar tick. That's just really offensive. It's, it's a type of a. Uh, plant and it's a type of nettle so what they've done is they've used the some of the elements and some of the enzymes from this flour to ferment uh, different ingredients that will allow us to make wine and cheese obviously we need dairy to make cheese and we need um carbohydrates and other things to make wine so these uh scientists turns out that the weed the, the enzyme in this weed is helpful in the cheese and wine making process. It's a replacement for uh, not a replacement for grapes or milk, but it can be added to grapes and or milk and increase the uh, increase the fermentation process and increase the biological processes that are needed to make those things. So you can have a, a weed infused wine or milk now, and apparently this is a big deal because uh, scientists are going to be able to look at enzymes from this plant and look at the stems and look at the roots and again, you use this as opposed to other animal al- alternatives uh, and use it instead of uh, it's a much cheaper enzyme uh, compared to the other food enzymes that they're using. So this was done over in the South Euro State University um, and now you could be having very shortly wine and cheese that was made with the help of back garden weeds.
1: I'd definitely try it. Yeah, it'd be a bit weird alright, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be weird, but it's only weird because you're thinking of where it came from. Yeah. I'm sure it tastes perfect.
2: I just wonder if you can take... Because you can make alcohol from pretty much anything that has sugar in it or carbohydrates in it. So I presume... I'd wonder, are you able to do that with... like with the weed plant itself? Uh, Or would that be virtually impossible? If you're a botanist or a biologist and you know the answer to these things, do let us know, but there you go. Wine and cheese made from using weeds... Uh, out of your back garden and uh, the weeds being used in particular to break down the dairy and the sugar and things like that to ferment the alcohols. There you go. Uh, that has been your quick round this evening. The other rumours floating about this evening as well are that Elon Musk might be digging a hole and there's a theory he's trying to dig a hole between uh, LA and Vegas. Now, he's, he's postulated this before. And he said things like this before that it would make sense to have tunnels so that you would get off at one part and instead of sitting in the traffic that's disgusting over there, you'd have an underground tunnel that might make sense. But who knows what's going on in Elon Musk's head um, at the moment. So any other stories you want us to cover, give us a shout. 0876797104, that's control.
0: FM104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
2: How's you? Let us know what you're up to of... uh, Tuesday evening, 11.34. And we're going to talk now about how the the foods that you eat will change. The taste of the foods will change based on you doing something rather strange and rather weird. What is it?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people would probably eat on the go, you'd say. You know, if you're working and stuff, you don't have time to be sitting at your desk. You're grabbing something and probably eating it on the way back from the shop. It could be something you love. Like for me, for example, it could be a boujant. I'd be eating that on the go you know, with a little plastic fork. But yep. they did a study and they analysed people who sit down while they enjoy, say, their favourite dinner or their favourite roll or whatever it might be, lunch, and those that are standing with the exact same food. Right. And apparently, when you're standing, the posture induces greater physical stress in the body, which in turn decreases... Sensory sensitivity. So those who are eating while standing, even if it's literally your favourite thing in the world, rate the taste of their food 25% less enjoyable.
2: That's a bit... Yeah. Well, I can understand from the perspective of the whole experience of food is important to, you know, your enjoyment and even the taste of it. You know, if someone... You know, in a nice fancy restaurant, probably won't change the steak you're having, but you'll just be really like, "Oh, this is way nicer than that other place because the you know the ceiling was falling, and so you might't have it so I can kind of imagine that, but I didn't realize huge if so if you're standing eating, you're not going to enjoy your food as much.
1: Do you know what's even weirder? They didn't only just kind of look at people who were sitting down, they looked at people sitting down comfortably, so you know in a nice, comfy chair with a backrest and they found that you're less likely to enjoy the taste of your food obviously standing compared to when you're relaxed and you're in a lovely comfy seat but when Mm. someone was sitting on a stool they found less difference so if you were sitting on a stool eating a boujum and you were standing you're going to like the food or you're going to enjoy it but not as much as if you were sitting in a very comfortable chair which is That's weird,
2: weird I do not I don't I don't think I'd enjoy food in a very, very, unlike on, on, on a recliner or a couch because it, you need a little bit of effort to eat your food.
1: Yeah, but think about it, right? If you were to, what's your favourite food?
2: I know, steak, probably.
1: Right, so if you were to have a steak and chips and you're sitting on a mash. stool eating it. This
2: isn't way we're going with mash now. <laughs> if we're going favourite food, it's mash and pepper okay, sauce. Okay, mash.
1: Okay, mash, pepper sauce, steak. If you're standing eating that and you're sitting on a stool eating that, you're obviously going to enjoy it. You're hungry. You want to eat it. But if you were sitting down on your comfy couch in front of the TV, you're probably going to enjoy it even more.
2: I you see, I'm going like to say, no, I wouldn't. I'd enjoy it most on the stool.
1: Why would you enjoy it most on the stool? At a high counter.
2: Stool? I don't know. Listen, I I have a thing for counters. That's my... my
1: I hate stools.
2: Stools and counters are you know, my ideal place to be in the world.
1: There's nothing worse than when you go into a pub or, you know, you're getting food or something... Even there for the night, having a drink, and the only table left is the one with the stools.
2: Oh, no, I'm all over it. If Stooled that was a restaurant, I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't stay in. But I didn't think it would make a difference to the taste of the food.
2: I wonder, can you try and apply this to, if you're trying to be, you know, trying to go out and go on a diet and cut out a load of crap and not have as much chocolate, like, I'm trying to think, like, would you overeat as much if you were standing?
1: You probably wouldn't, I guess.
2: If you're not enjoying the food, you'd probably finish up a little bit quicker and kind of go, ah, good luck, see you,
1: bye. This study actually, when it concluded, saying obviously, you know, stools may not be the right fitting for a restaurant, because you do see that in restaurants sometimes, that they should really have seats with a back on it Mm. so that people can enjoy their food a little bit more. They might be more likely to come back to a restaurant if they have a better experience.
0: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, no, it's interesting. Um, another thing about standing as well, which I came across today, right, for standing versus sitting. So you're saying once standing will obviously now reduce your enjoyment of your food so you stand while you're eating, you're not going to enjoy your food as much as what you would be sitting on a beautiful recliner, with, maybe with a blanket or a dressing gown on as well just go <laughs> just, just go all out maybe while you enjoy pizza on a Friday or Saturday night you know what I mean, I, uh, even more and you just look forward to that because you're in a comfy couch and you just going mental but it, it turns out that sitting down mate, uh, or sitting down for prolonged periods of time might trick your body into thinking that you weigh less than you do and might be part of the reason, not the only reason, and this still has to be looked into, but part of the reason why your body doesn't burn off extra calories, because it thinks you're lighter. Oh, and well, back I into mean, the you're same not walking you past a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're, you're not saying. Uh, not just the fact that you don't get reminded by the mirror, kind of going, my God, look at that. But uh, if you are obviously standing up for longer, your body is is put under as you said, your legs and your core and your whole body is put under more tension and more stress because you were weighing heavier. So then your body has to obviously burn more calories to kind of keep your muscles going and keep you standing up longer. But when you're sitting down too long, one of the, one of the reasons why you might be putting on might be putting on weight is uh, scientists think because we're sitting down far more than we ever did and the pressure's taken off a lot of our muscles and a lot of our legs, our body's maybe metabolism and strength kind of will reduce a little bit less because it doesn't think we're as heavy as we actually are, because we're sitting on our backsides for so long.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah. And it probably does make sense. You don't feel very big when Just you're sitting down. you strained
2: or, or exhausted or, or tired, and your muscles aren't going to have to work half as much because you're sitting down, chairs doing all the work for you, and your body's like, well, we have lost a ton. Hang on to all that weight there now, lads. We don't need to be losing anything extra and then, you know, bad things But happen. as well as Keep that, eating.
1: anyone sitting down, even if you're thin... You're going to feel kind of rolls of fat. You know, you're going to feel not even fat. I mean, someone that's thin, you're just going to have rolls of skin when you sit down. You know, you you kind of bend over and you're going to have a stomach roll, Mm. regardless of whether you have a flat stomach or not. So maybe when you're sitting down, you kind of just feel that's normal. So you don't think there's anything wrong.
2: Oh, you can always hide it. You can get away. You can put your belly under the table. And the Zoom calls only look at your up at your face. So you're like, this is fine. This yeah, is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely beautifully fine. I uh, Got a message in there just in relation to the standing and not enjoying your food. Amy has said, 100% right. When I was working uh, in a pub, cry face, I know. Uh, I'd sometimes have to eat dinner while working if I was the only staff member on. <clears throat> and it was always terrible. Yeah, you'd be on your feet, running over, grabbing a bite to eat, running back, serving somebody else all over the crowd. Yeah, it's just not nice. It's just...
1: Nah. it is more of a. Str- it is stressed your body's kind of stressed when it's standing up it's, it's burning energy you know you're not enjoying food when you're standing at a counter
2: yeah and especially I, I still think your, your body's primed to be looking elsewhere at least when you're sitting down you're just focusing on your food but when you're standing and you're walking about your mind is uh, your mind is uh, elsewhere you know your mind is kind of focusing on different things very interesting uh, I- but I, I still
1: don't think, like when I talk about a boujant, I don't know if you did a brain scan, am I going to enjoy that less because I'm standing up or if I'm sitting on a stool. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's certain yeah. foods I think you're going to find very little difference because it's just so good. <laughs>
2: Listen, I'll have a platter any day of the week, sitting, lying down, standing up, upside down, <laughs> whatever it takes. Just get that into me. Um, but there you go. Uh, it turns out you might be fooling your body into thinking that you're lighter than you are by sitting down so much. And you're not going to enjoy your food if you're standing up or on a stool. So make sure, just sit down.
0: Focus. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
2: Uh, it's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Uh, good news, Saoirse, especially for, for you and people like you.
1: Oh, what's the good news? I love good news.
2: Oh, let's just go all out here. Oh, yes. You know, the,
1: way, the,
2: the, the stereotype is always that you're going to die alone. And I always take the mic out of you for you're going to die alone and you'll be sad and miserable and won't have a happy life, right?
1: Yeah, with my cat
2: your cat, right? And there's, there's always, I suppose, a perceived notion that if you're not getting married and you're not going to settle down with someone and you're not going to spend a li- your life with somebody else, that you're not going to be as happy as somebody who did that. So, you know, this idea that single people are miserable and aren't happy because they're not married. And I think it's probably more pressure on women for that. I think you to have uh, annoying mothers and maybe mothers-in-laws and a bit more pressure on you from other people to go, But you're not...
1: You oh, like not? mothers that are knitting blankets for babies that... Um
2: haven't been born
1: yeah that haven't been born and have no plans
2: to be born yeah so little nudges like that and little digs and if you're single you probably you know and would you not find yourself someone because everyone's really worried that you're not going to be happy and you'll be miserable and there's something wrong with you right and a lot of people would have obviously presumed that you know if you're going to die alone that may not be the happiest way to live but new new studies have just come out showing that being single doesn't actually diminish your level of happiness when it gets to the end of your life?
1: I can't imagine it does, because take, for example, my own mom She, obviously, my parents divorced long ago. She's never been with someone since, and she's the happiest she's ever been. She goes travelling, she hangs out with her friends. She does whatever she wants to do. So much so, she's so independent that if she goes away with someone, she won't even share a room with them.
2: Oh screw she just that. Loves though, her own yeah. Space.
1: Yeah. yeah. She loves yeah. her own space. So she's happy out, so I can totally understand that. Whereas maybe especially at kind of retiring age, you'd be killing each other.
2: Usually. Well, if if you can still walk, you know, if you've looked after yourself, you might be just be both frozen in wheelchairs or frozen in zimmer frames and can't really do too much but it comes to her.
1: Yeah, you might have to look after them.
2: <laughs> yeah, can you imagine you know? that? Mm. like I was meant to be retiring and now you can't even <laughs> oh, for god you're such a you're rude I, my entire life I
1: didn't sign up for this
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, I think I think
1: I think yeah you're right but didn't they do a study on this before where they kind of said that men do, fare better in a couple and women fare oh, better on their yeah. own
2: yeah yeah women will die 3 or 4 years younger if you get married and men we will survive 3 or 4 years longer probably because we've got someone there to kind of go do d- don't do that you idiot You know, to stop us doing stupid things. That's what the women are there for. But because of the stress of looking after us, you die sooner.
1: Yeah, it's awful. I mean, do women know this? Why are you going ahead? (laughs) Why are you signing
2: up for this? Say no. It will literally take three or four years (laughs) off your life. Is he worth that? Is he worth dying younger than what you are?
1: Yeah, no, it's not at all. I mean, there's nothing wrong with living at 31, going on 32 with a cat
2: listen the cat thing is a bit weird Sisha. we've got to be honest and stop lying to people it's 47 going on 48 so <laughs> she's going to be 48 Look, this September there's something th- do
1: you know what makes me feel great though Kate Beckinsale Originals. Kate Beckinsale apparently lives alone with a cat and she is 47 And I think a lot of people are envious of her both men and women for different reasons
2: yeah so if you're listening to this and you're on your own And you constantly get grief off the relatives and the friends and the family that would you not be happy if you found someone? You can now categorically say, actually, no, I wouldn't. Um, And the science is there to prove it. So it turns out marriage does not have a dramatic long-term effect on somebody's happiness. And it's got to do with your life experiences and your mindset that will determine your level of happiness throughout your life and not the ring on the finger.
1: That's really nice to know.
2: There's hope for you yet, Saoirse?
1: There is hope for me. No, there's hope for you as well. What do you mean? There's hope for you and your missus. Just, because she has can't. time to leave. She's time to survive <laughs> a little bit longer. There's hope there. Yeah.
2: We'll get her down here now and go, listen, honey, the yeah. wedding's off because you don't need me. You'll get four or five years back at the end of your life anyway. You'll save yourself some money, some stress, and some hassle. And you'll actually be handy. You'll actually she be will. healthier be happier. and happier. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Honestly, she can go meet the girls whenever she wants. Go on holidays, go on spa weekends. (laughs) Especially if she has a cat. I mean, I went away for the weekend and my neighbour came in to feed the cat. They just have the key and I can come and go as I please. It's brilliant.
2: So there you go. Great news. Great news. It it, it says in certain situations, married people might be slightly happier, right? But as in not... about like a fraction of a percent when it comes to uh, looking at the studies. Longitudinally, over the long term, it does not matter whether you are single or not. So you can just shun the social stigmas and you can just shun the social conditioning and the expectations that you're given to go. Would well, you not find someone and settle down? You'd be like, No, Aunt Mary, I won't find someone and settle down. You're an old hag, and you were married yeah. for thirty years. And where did it get you? Nowhere. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> That's where it got you. AA meetings That's at sixty five so years true. of age. Yeah. yeah.
1: So true. So anyone out there that may have just broken up with someone, maybe 47 and single, maybe my age (laughs) and live alone with a cat, whatever your situation is, you're going to live longer, so you might as well embrace it.
2: Yeah, there you go. You'd live longer and life would be a hell of a lot better. So there you go. Um, If the goal, this is what this study said now, if the goal is to find happiness, it seems a little silly that people put so much stock in being partnered. And that people can certainly be in unhappy relationships and single people derive enjoyment from all sorts of other parts of lives, of their lives, like their friendships, hobbies and work. Beautiful. Really There you go now. Don't get married. Don't have kids. Go travel the world. Live your life. Put a big live, love, laugh poster up in your bedroom and take Instagram photos of it and just go out and enjoy yourself. Easy easy peasy much easier you'll
1: have a much easier life (laughs) no one wrecking your head you don't have to try and um, navigate with two people picking different locations going holidays what you're going to watch on Netflix the drama you know it's all these things that people don't think about
2: these important things that you need to think about. So what we're trying to make you do here this evening is leave your other half, break up, and never get single. Uh, never be never be in a relationship and be single for the rest of your life. So, listen, if you'd like to break up with them live on the air, drop us a WhatsApp and let us know. 20 years married, and you're like, listen, just according to one silly article on the internet, you should pack it all in. Uh, <laughs> we'll do that on tomorrow's show. That'd be a bit of crack. Uh, listen, that's pretty much it from us this evening. Cheers for tuning in. And uh, remember, you can get the full shows. You can listen back to them on the Room 104 podcast on Apple and Spotify and all of the usual places. Uh, Jim, Jim, and Nobby are back uh, tomorrow morning from 6 a.m. on the Strawberry Alarm clock. So do be sure to tune in there. And as always, Ihoa. Ihoa, Slongafal, and we'll talk.
0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer.